Welcome to And Just Like What, where someone who's never lived in New York and a former New Yorker discuss the existential ennui and ongoing art project that is the Sex and the City reboot and just like that. I'm Nadia Osmond. And I'm Matthew Brian Cohen, and I am walking here. <laughs> former New Yorker. Hey, pizza rat. Hey, I love that pizza rat. Fun fact, know the guy who did pizza rat who filmed pizza rat oh my goodness uh, a, a local celebrity yes i didn't I'm know you were so a, well connected. a show with him on saturday mm. how's he doing he's doing great. great he's a really nice guy really great. good guy i can really vouch for his character uh yeah he's doing great you know pizza rat uh <laughs> I, I maybe it changed his life but i'm really <laughs> you know didn't really propel him to i think uh you know uh, million, uh, millionaire status. Sure. Uh, but, you know, viral viral fame is, uh, it is something. Yes, yes. I cannot deny that it is something. As gets slightly touched on in these ep- this ep- these episodes we're about to cover. Um, yes. The first two episodes of the season, which yes. are, uh, I think, so rich and ripe with deeply depressing thematic ideas. Uh <laughs> I really watching this and taking notes. There were so many things I wrote down, Nadia, oh, and me I just too. think like we are building off of the ideas presented in season one, mm-hmm. and we are iterating off them, and we are creating kind of like a new understanding of the sort of alienation and loneliness that we explored in season one. And I think, just my overall thoughts, I think the thematic ideas we're supposed to think about right now are hollowness yes. and phoniness yes i think that i wrote down fake like authenticity Mm. versus uh instagram authenticity for lack of a better phrasing um and i also wrote down the idea of humiliation coming back up just so many humiliation moments for these characters in a way that started making me think i know we've said death the author However, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that Magical Patrick King is responsible for an incredible show called The Comeback, which is mm-hmm. very... One of the best yes, of all time. Absolutely. Uh, an absolute... If, if you love a gut, cringe, oh my God, type reaction to your comedy, you will love The Comeback if you haven't seen it yet. And incredible. Very it, funny, very heartfelt, too. Very sweet and very much rooted in human behavior and human neuroses and our, like, desperate desire to be loved. Yes, very much so. <laughs> and adored and, and <laughs> unable to get that. <laughs> yes, and so I see the humiliation aspects creeping into this work, and I just find that interesting. So even though definitely the author, I just wanted to make a quick comparison to that but yes thematically where do you think we are at and how how do these two episodes really set us up moving forward yeah i mean to me i think a big thing is like we've talked about in season one how there was definitely a feeling of oh covid's over everything's fine and we're just going to brush it under the rug and not deal with it Mm -hmm. to me this feels very much like characters not wanting to deal with their problems and just saying problem solved Mm -hmm. and you know, brushing their hands and being like, it's over and done with. Um, And I feel like the trauma and the inability to make connections with other people and these unresolved issues will crop back up, despite the fact that these characters think they've just moved on and they're, you know, new year, new me uh, 
uh, is not going to work. So I think we are really laying the groundwork for a season of these characters are going to sink even further because they think they've actually changed. They think they have fixed their problems. Yeah. Um, And have done so in a very like pat, I think very intentionally like pat, fake, um, hollow way that no human being could possibly like no one would actually think this is like oh everything's solved unless you are so self-deluded and i think these characters are extremely deluded <laughs> uh yes i think that, i think this sums it up very well uh and in case you if you're listening and you missed it before one of our main pinpoints is that if the original series is about human connection and what we're looking for and that connection being found within um, found families. Uh, this is about that, the unraveling or disconnection that we find ourselves in, either as we get older or just among these characters. Um, yeah, it is It is really like the slow decline of civilization yes. in a lot of ways. Yes, it's, it's like, the fall of Rome. Yes, it's like we are unable to collectively come together and form a society, so everything is falling apart, and we are all, all our own individual islands. I um, I think that is no better represented than in the storyline of the Met Ball, not the Met Gala, the Met Ball. Yes, th- were they unable to get the rights? I was like confused with that. You know, I don't know. I know this. Having worked in marketing things in the past, there are certain names that you are not allowed to say without paying quite a lot of money. For example, mm-hmm. the Olympics. You are not the allowed to advertise. The Super Bowl is another one. Um, so I don't know if the Met Gala is that, but Met Ball is the new comedy concert, as far as I'm concerned. Or it's second. It's second to comedy concert. Oh, there's a lot like, of phrases Met. I feel like are the new comedy concert here. <laughs> it's like Met uh, Ball. Everybody knows it's the Met Gala. It's, it's internationally yes. known. Uh, yeah. It seems silly. And if they wanted something that was akin to the Met Gala, you know, she worked at Vogue. It makes sense. That mm-hmm. Carrie would somehow have an insane hookup or an ability to get them into the Met Gala, um, which also very expensive to attend. So the implication of everybody being able to just like pick up and go is quite something. But I digress. The the Met Gala itself is something that is known to people. So I'm not entirely sure why they opted for Met Ball, but yes, unless it's so- a separate event that I'm unaware of, but I don't think so. <laughs> I don't. Think I don't so. think so either. Because they talk about the stairs. You know? I think yes. I so I think it's either you could read this as it couldn't get the rights for some reason, or this sort of like another theme that is like percolating. I think in the background of this season so far is an unreality where <laughs> things don't really feel real. Yeah, that these characters are existing in an alternate world mm-hmm. to our world. Mm-hmm. Um. And there's, like, bits of our world that, like, pierce through the veil, but they are just, like, fully sequestered in, uh, you know, their own shit. And they have no regard for what's going on around them. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, we go to the Met Ball. It's a Met Gala? No. We're at the Met Ball. Yes. I don't know what you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a but little... we do the Met Ball. It's a little of a Homer's time machine that goes awry and he comes back and they're like, donut? What's a donut? <laughs> Oh yes. look, it's yeah, raining yeah. again! Like it, there's yes. this, there's an element of uncanny valley reality happening. Um, mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. have some bones to pick with the Met Gallop. Just 
Oh, well, I mean, the Met Gala overall, but the Met Gala in this episode and its representation. Now, right. now so, I'll, I'll get into the looks later, but like... Yeah. The, Should we just go through these... Uh, let's just go through these two episodes. Yes. Um, yes. Um, okay, so starting with uh, episode one, entitled Met Cute, mm-hmm. um, uh, we sort of start with... Uh, we see all our main characters, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, they're catching up and they're, they're going to bed with their significant others. Yeah, with that tiny dancer remix in the background. Yes. Um, uh, which is, uh, you know, this is the sex that we've been waiting yes. for, I think. Yeah, everybody's um, fucking but Naya. Yes. Um, who I, I will admit, I kind of forgot that her husband was going on tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they had broken up. Yeah. Uh, that was the, the read I got. That is my fault as a, a viewer for not <laughs> remembering this character. <laughs> She's she's sad. She's just kind of you know doing her own thing, watching mm-hmm. watching uh, watching sex he, instead yeah. of participating in it. Exactly. She is a objective outside viewer, while everybody else is going to town on each other. Yes. Good for uh, them. Good for them. Uh, and uh, we have uh, Carrie, who is in bed with uh, her Franklin, her podcast mm-hmm. producer, mm-hmm. Um, who they. Uh, frequently call him a podcast producer. That is yes. really underlined. Yes. Uh, so you know he's a, a podcast producer. And Nadia, what did you make of this this poached egg metaphor? That, uh, <laughs> yeah, so Carrie they says... They really felt like they were setting up. Carrie basically is like, oh, I always wanted to be the kind of person who puts poached eggs on toast, which mm-hmm. uh, I identify versions of that. Uh, I think my personal version would be when I first moved to L.A., I was over on the west side for a short period of time, nearest the beach, and I thought, I'll become one of those girls that's got a bike with a little basket that I take to the beach, you know? Yes. It's, it's, I always thought I would be this fantasy version of myself. And then Carrie mm-hmm. points out that just, like, life happened, and I was busy, and I was doing free stuff, and da-da-da, and I just didn't really become that person. Uh, and then she goes ahead and makes the poached egg, and to me... It's kind of a, a nice way of being like, you can start over at any time. It's, yes. Was you sort can of become view. the person you wanted to be, right? It's yes. it's the acknowledgement, right? I think of like, I am not who I thought I would be. I'm someone different. I thought I would be a poached egg person and I'm not. Um, but now I have time to make the poached egg. Right. And I think then when we cut to like the next morning, right? And then uh, Franklin is about to leave and she's making the poached egg. Kiri mentions that she messed it up three times. Mm-hmm. And I think this is setting up an idea for the season of like, we think we can just be this new person, but no, we right. cannot. It's really... <laughs> we cannot become the poached egg person. That is a fantasy. Yes, exactly. And I think that there's something to be said about when you introduce a new habit into your life, a lot of times that is much easier than trying to change an old habit. Changing old mm-hmm. habits is very hard. It's why it's so difficult to say quit smoking. Uh, it's, it's not just because of the chemical reaction and all that, but just because if you develop a habit, it is really hard to break a habit. Um, and so if Carrie is somebody who's in the habit of being a specific kind of person, right? So we're applying this to all our lives here, but if you're the kind of person that goes, no, 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 I'm going to become a post egg person. I'm going to do this thing. It's not like she's suddenly doing it every morning. She does it the mm-hmm. one time. That's all yeah. we're seeing. 
And it, she does it yeah. one time, and I think that's it. I think yeah. we were supposed to take away, like, she was like, hmm, now I have the time to be a poached egg person. Right. Um, this is a new phase of my life. She does it three times, one morning, messes it up, and then never tries it again. What is... She makes a grand declaration <laughs> that I am, oh, a, a new me, a new phase of my life, and then completely gives it up. If, if it's not too personal to ask, what's your poached egg moment? Like, oh either either now or in the past. I've had so many of them. I mean, <laughs> I feel like I'm constantly like, I'm going to become this person. And then I think I'm not. I definitely, there was a period where it's like, I'm going to be like a musician. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play in a band. And I remember encountering the limits of my own skill of being like, I am not good enough at this to make it professionally. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's like, I could get good enough, maybe. Sure. But I, I just felt like there was a, like another guy. This was uh, before I went to college. This was like my senior year of high school where I was like, I think I'm going to like try to be a professional musician. Maybe I'll like move to the city eventually. And like, I'll, I'll do this. I'm going to be like a professional bass player. And there's another guy who was technically such a better bassist than me. And it really, like, it made me feel deeply ashamed to even, like, consider myself a, a bass player next to him. Um, and a lot of it was just he, like, he knew more of the technical lingo, like the music jargon, mm-hmm. uh, than I did. And he just, like, studied it more. And I was like, I, I can't compete with this. <laughs> and I was like, well, that version of me is gone. And I still sometimes think that, like, well, I could pick it back up and I could, like, always do that again. Yeah. But... Every time I, I try, I'm just reminded of, like, I, I got worse at this. <laughs> like, <laughs> the skill is, like, atrophied. Oh, yeah. No, um, no. I, I taught myself guitar in high school and college. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, I don't remember a single song. I, yeah. I, I, it, it would take me a day. It would take me a day to, like, pick yeah. everything back up. But, like, it, it wouldn't necessarily be good. It would just yeah. be, it would be sounds. Would it be mm-hmm. music? Uh, debatable. Yeah. Um, Computer programming is another one. There's been <laughs> a, several times in my life I've been like, oh, you know what? Forget writing and entertainment. Like, I'm just going to be a computer programmer. That mm-hmm. feels like a steady, stable job. And I was like, okay, let me, like, learn a new language. And I'll, like, learn the basics and get very good at, like, I read, I bought a book. I read a book. I did all the exercises. Like, okay, I know this. And then it's like, what's the next step? And they're like, okay, start working on like real projects. I'm like, I have no idea what to do. Like, I can't think of like a thing to like, I would be like, what should I program? Like, I have no idea. And then I like always stop. Yeah. But it's like, I always like three times in my life now, I feel like I've deluded myself to be like, I'm going to be a computer programmer. Yeah. I'm just going to like do this and I can make like a stable living at this. And it's like, oh, I don't have it in me to do it. The more I think about it, the more I think delusion is a good keyword for what seems to be uh, what they're trying to set up for this season. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, there's the delusion of, oh, I can become this kind of person. And then I think there's also the delusion among the other characters that are uh, faced with similar issues, particularly, I think, Miranda, where she even says at some point, there's this moment where, so she's in L.A. now. Can we back up a little bit, yes. just because I, I want to touch on... Um... The, a little bit of like our introduction to Seema here, oh, which yes, I think yes. is very important because she feels like she is 100% written to be the new Samantha. Oh, very much. Um, it, it feels like they've settled in and they've given her the personality of she's just Samantha. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, like a high powered uh, kind of type A person. She gives caviar to her friends. 
Very classy. Yes, yeah. She sends yeah, she sends caviar as a gift. Um and she also is like, you know, I'm going to the the Met Ball. I'm I'm doing this. I'm uh this uh fancy real estate person and also like let's talk like sex stuff. It it mm-hmm. feels very much uh, very pointed. And I think also I want to mention in that scene, when Charlotte comes over, we set up the idea that they're going uh, to Carrie's apartment. We set up the idea that they're going to the Met Ball. And yes. uh, Carrie says, oh, I don't want to deal with Charlotte in terms of like, oh, you're sleeping with your your boss. You right. know, I'm so shocked. So Charlotte goes, oh, well, how big was his cock? And mm-hmm. then it's like, sorry, that's me being Samantha. And she's like, ooh, I can be Miranda, too. If you sleep with uh, uh, your boss at, at work, you give up your power. And then Carrie says, I'd like to go back to Charlotte right now. And right. I think this also is very important because it's like it's people putting on new personas and thinking they can change, thinking they mm-hmm. could be like a different kind of person. Yes. And it just not fitting. Yes. And then quickly reverting back to their old ways. Yes, very much. Um, I think this is particularly true with Miranda and Charlotte, and then I think we're seeing glimpses of it with our uh, our new coterie of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, uh, when <laughs> Charlotte <laughs> Charlotte seems so pleased with herself that she was able yes. to be like, does he have a big dick? Like <laughs> in a way where it's like kind of charming. Like, aw, Charlotte, yeah, you said yeah. dick. Uh, so yes, so um, over in L.A., apparently Che is filming just a pilot. Um, so I don't. Yes, I, I'm titled <laughs> Che Passa. <laughs> yes, which I think is a, a really a great title. Um, so we see Che in the the costume uh, fitting, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Che feels uncomfortable about like what they want to wear, and the. Uh, showrunner, I think, comes in and is like, oh, I want you to look like a little bit more like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and every detail about this show feels like it is a sitcom from the 90s. Yes. And not a current show, which I think really, again, highlights the sort of unreality that they're living in. You know? Absolutely. Um, there was a part of me that thought, is this costuming scene mocking the writer of Smash? Um, the show Smash from about it over a decade ago um it was a playwright and that woman apparently i had read in some article was uh, made deborah messing's character look more like her because it was supposed to be the her surrogate so to speak um now i don't know if it's pinpointing exactly that i'm sure there are lots and lots and lots of examples of showrunners coming in and going oh but i don't look like that or i don't i don't wear glasses or whatever um but yes it was this thing of at first, I thought, okay, how much of this is they're trying to show, like, chase somebody who won't uh, back down, like, who, who stands or stands their ground, um, or how much of it is, you know, man, entertainment's rough. How much, I was not totally confused on what it was, because it comes up later, which we'll get to, but, like, the costuming scene, I thought was interesting in that, A, yes, it's setting up this sort of hearkening back to old times and also showing the modern problems that one might be running into. Yes. Which is, again, it's just like, well, they don't make shows like this anymore. Right. They don't, they don't do sitcoms like this anymore. Right. Where they would like just bring in a stand-up and then kind of pair them with a showrunner and be like, oh, it's just going to be like your life. You know? Like, that's not the, uh, 
of the moment. Yeah, right well, what's the last time that happened? Maybe Mulaney is the last example that I can uh, think yes, of. Yes, yeah. I was going to say, like, successfully, Ra- yeah, Carmichael. Like, But everybody loves Raymond. It felt like that was like, the last. Yeah, the last hit. Big, successful, long running right. kind of show like that. Yeah, no shade to Carmichael or Mulaney. It was no, just yeah, that they, they, just they didn't, didn't get to survive. run as long. Um, exactly. Yes. And. Even those shows, when I think about it, I'm like, that was a good decade-ish. Eight years? Ten years ago? Mm-hmm. This is not a recent-of-the-moment endeavor. No. The show now that Che would do would probably be like, it would have be like a high-concept thing. And right. it would be like animated. <laughs> it would be like Che Pasa, and it would be like, like a cat that also like it has a lot of trauma. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. Yes, so, it, it would it would be a thing where it's like Jay is going to search for her long lost Irish mother in Dublin, and then find out that that mother had ties to the Irish mafia. Oh yeah, and, that's cool. And yeah, and her father is coming with her on this journey, uh, and so is their talking cat because it's animated. Um, mm-hmm. And also, they're going to go into space at some point. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very me. like magical realism yes. where it's like we're just going off. It's like or a lot of like I feel like genre parody too. Yeah, you know what I mean? it'd be very hyper modernist. It would be um, it would be a lot of things. But that said, from what I can glean from the show with Chase Standup, I do wonder how much of it is is there a world in this world in this uncanny valley reality world? How much of it is Chay is like a an old school? comedian is somebody mm-hmm. who is just total 80s and 90s so some exec is like hey let's bring that back and if that's the case yeah. i kind of wish that that was just said like yes hey we're trying to we're trying to bring back those days you know yes but with like a new non-binary twist right where it's exactly. like you're like the new school meets the old school that would make like a lot you of are sense like seinfeld yes. yeah you're yeah <laughs> you're seinfeld but you're you're diverse or whatever yes like, exactly i find i'm sure that there's plenty of executives across hollywood that are trying to make that happen with a number of projects right now mm-hmm. um but it's a thing where i go because that's not clearly stated I'm able to infer a little bit, but I'm not entirely sure if that's what it is. Or if the show is trying to present, like, do you think that's what it is? Or do you think that, like, this is uh, completely real? Like, should you be taking this at face value? You know yeah. What I mean? well, like, what is this Hollywood? You know what I mean? Is this yes. almost like, it's like what, like, Miranda's idea of Hollywood is like, yes. you know? Someone who is like, I don't know this world. And someone's like, I'm doing a pilot. I'm shooting a pilot. Oh, come out to LA. And it's like, oh, look, this is the world that I'm in. It's like, oh, it feels like someone who last checked in with the business in the 90s. And, you know, uh, understandably so, not a part of it. And they're just like gleaning bits and pieces of it. And it's like, oh, yeah, it would be this, you know? Yeah, you would do like a sitcom, I guess, right? About your life called Che Passa. (laughs) And Tony Danza would be your dad. You know what I mean? It's It's like a very... (laughs) <laughs> like an unreal thing. And you would have a show at the comedy store and then publicly discuss that Tony dances in your pilot before it's been uh, uh, announced in the trades. Yes. Which yeah. was something I clocked and went, come on. And I know why. I know I get it for the scene, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like at the same yeah. time, it was this moment of like, that's not real. That never yes. happens. Anyway, um, so Miranda, I think to your point of like, this is Miranda's version of Hollywood. If we look at it through that lens... 
then yes, of course she's going to get in a sensory tank. How very Rogan of her. Um, mm-hmm. And she's going to take Jay's appointment to do so. And she says, like, this is the new me. And then yeah. she gets... And then immediately <laughs> is like, I hate this, I can't stand this. And we have this very long shot of her trying to, like naked, get out of this tank. Yes. Right? Struggling to do so. Genuinely <laughs> like, thought that was funny. Uh, yeah. I wasn't sure about getting the saline in your eyes, but like I assume that that must have happened to people. Yeah. So. Definitely felt like a, a writer... You know, was like, I did one of these and this is what happened. Right. You know? Yes. And it, yeah, just her just being like, fuck the new me. And like that declaration to me feels like, okay, so this is what we're coming up against. We're coming up against, I make poach eggs for breakfast versus fuck the new me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, oh, and I also think we should check in with, because uh, this uh, comes back later, the Lisa storyline. Oh, yes. Um, so apparently she is an editor of uh, a documentary, mm-hmm. right? And she is... Um, Kind of struggling to do it all to be like, you know, a mom. She's got three kids. You know, she's checking to make sure they brush their teeth. She's trying to do her work, all this stuff. Um, she has to, she mentions uh, secure financing right. to finish her film. Mm-hmm. Uh, 25 grand she's looking for. And I think this is my big takeaway from this moment. Her husband says, let me just write you a check. And... From a storyline perspective, this is a thing that like immediately takes the stakes away from this, right? Right. If they can just self-finance the this documentary, who cares? You know what I mean? It's like it takes away from like a storyline. She's trying to juggle work and being a mom and raising these kids and being a good wife and like all these things. If it's like, oh, well, just I'll we'll just pay for it. We have that kind of money. Um, but I think on a deeper thematic level, this sets up the idea of like. Problem is immediately resolved. You know what I mean? Yes. That it's like there's this phony and pat easy solution where it's like, oh, you're struggling to uh, with all uh, all these balls in the air. Okay, well, don't worry. I'll just take three down. And, you know, no no worries. Right. And she um, rejects that offer, which makes me go, yes. is there going to be a setup where it's like, let's see an examination of which characters are rejecting what's easy. Um, mm-hmm. I would even argue that Chase costume scene, the idea of like, why don't you add this blue to your hair? Why don't you wear this? And Shay's rejection of it could be read in that same vein. Like, is mm-hmm. is what's trying to be said, hey, the uh, the white characters take the easy route, and the marginalized communities uh, can't or won't. I don't know if that's exactly what it's going for. That's, that's, a, that's yeah. a reach on my part. Yeah. I'm going to admit that that's a total reach. But I did find it interesting that Lisa's like, no, 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 no. I want to do this on my own because like it's it's not just part of my job but it's also like i can do it it's it's a proving to yourself that like i'm capable of doing this i don't need your money yes uh and but it is it's like very strange i think from a storytelling perspective where it's like well what is the point of this right like what are we like and like what are we supposed to take away if there's a problem that's introduced and the solution is immediately presented and her even resistance from it is just like, well, no, I think I can handle getting money on my own. Right. Because it's, like, it's okay. not really addressed again. And it could have And yeah, been, it, it is never addressed again. It could which have been I a, think, a plot point where it was like, it could have been, hey, hon, I need that check. And then he's like, uh, I, I, I keep forgetting his name. So I just keep thinking of him as uh, OG George Washington from the original Hamilton run. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so in my head, his name is George. It is yeah. not. I don't think that's the character's name. 
But in my head, and for the purposes of this podcast, he's now George Washington. So, uh, George Washington, if he came to her and was like, uh, sorry, that deal fell through. We're going to have, you know, can you wait six months or whatever? I'm going to have to pull from this thing. Then there's these stakes of like, oh shit, I thought I could rely on my husband's money. I can't. Okay, now I'm going to go out the finances myself. Yes. That's a, a traditional, yeah. a traditional storyline would be something like, I'm stressed out because uh, there's, uh, uh, there's too much on my plate. And it's just like, and because she's spread so thin, uh, Lisa then is like, oh, no, I failed at being a mom. Like, I was late to pick up my kids. I missed this recital or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then at work, it's like, oh, no, I dropped the ball here. I didn't get the funding. And then it's like a resolution is the husband's like, look, we actually have the money. I could help self-finance the doc. The lesson you need to learn is like, uh, you know, don't try to be at all. Yeah, it's ask like, for help. Like, yeah. yeah, we can ask for help or we can co-parent together or this and that. That's a traditional storyline. And just like that has no reverence for traditional storytelling. <laughs> um, it is all about, I think, this sort of like anti-storytelling, which is like problem and then immediate solution. Right. And then, it, and and then that's now it. what? And, <laughs> and we're supposed to feel like, wait, what? Why? Like, like that's it? Mm -hmm. And it's just like... For these kinds of people, I think for people of this income bracket, right, everything is easy. Everything is just – every problem has an immediate and obvious solution, mm -hmm. and yet these characters still feel unfulfilled and sad and isolated, and they still feel like they have problems. They have to deal with, like, the stress and anxiety that comes from having problems, but, they, but the problems aren't real. The problems – immediately go away. I'm going to go back I to the Met Gala stuff to help illustrate this. Yes, um, please. So the, um, I'm sorry, the Met Ball, the Met Ball. Mm, um, thank you. My apologies. Um, so essentially they have these tickets, they sit down for lunch, and turns out that we find out earlier Charlotte uh, didn't think Harry wanted to accompany her. Harry apparently had Epstein Bar his entire uh, senior <laughs> year of high school and uh, couldn't go to prom, so... Has always wanted to do something like this. Had no idea. So uh, Charlotte says, sorry, Anthony, I need to take Harry. So mm -hmm. um, he's out. And then it becomes Seema's can't go because she's got to attend this lunch with her Euro dude. Okay, fine. Yes. Which seems odd to me that she, I'm like, of all the people, Seema's not going to miss the net ball for some Euro dude lunch. But, yes, you know, but this okay. guy's kid is in town. I think right. this is the one day yeah, that her, it, her boyfriend's son right. is it's, available. It's her trying to make concessions, I think. And just yes. go like, let me try this. Um, so uh, Anthony's back in. And then later in the episode, uh, Seema's going to get back in. So then Anthony's out. And then Harry is out because Harry realizes that fashion is painful uh, and doesn't enjoy wearing uh, pointed boots or a top hat all that much. So then Anthony's back in. Now, yes. I, I'm speeding through some of this because I'm trying to point out something. In the actual Met Gala, uh, number one, everyone has to walk up the stairs. It's like part of the rule. And two, Anna Wintour, who is the head chair and runs the whole thing, approves every guest. You cannot swap plus ones. Um, you can't just buy a table and invite whomever you want. That is not how this thing works. So I'm not saying that, like, of, of course we can suspend things for the sake of the story, right? But to your point, I think that there's something interesting about this. Like, we have a problem. Okay, solution. We have a problem. Okay, solution. We have a problem. Okay, solution. And just this idea of, like, we'll just swap Anthony in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. And it might make for um, a fun little bit of story. But at the same time, it is completely unplausible 
Uh, yes. And, and totally and also, fake. <laughs> yeah. And also, it, like, from a storytelling perspective, right? It's like, oh, no. I, like, how does everyone get to go? It's like, oh, guess what? Someone conveniently dropped out so you can have the extra ticket. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. it is problem immediate solution, right? right? It's like, it's the dissolution of stakes. It's like, oh, we all want to go to the ball, but there's only enough. There's only four tickets. Yeah. Uh, and five people want to go. And then one person is like, I can't go. And it's like, okay, you're back in. And, and it's just not real either. It's not how it works. In yes. the same way that this isn't how Hollywood really works right now. In the same way that a, a lot of the aspects of this show currently um, point to a a, a a a alternate timeline. This is sliding doors, New York. You know, and I think <laughs> the the repeated reference. Yeah, you know, you're totally right. And the repeated reference to like you're not going to get to go up the stairs, right? That, that, that's said a bunch of times. It's like we have to go in the back, um, and we never see that. But it's like. Oh, this isn't what you think. You think life is one way. It's like, that's not how it works here, right? It's like, you think you're going to have this fantasy of going up the stairs and, and uh, being uh, like a celebrity. You won't. You have to go in a normal back entrance. <laughs> so Carrie uh, is dating this guy, right? And Carrie's got a Matt Ball look that she is uh, using from Bobby Lee's wife. Yeah, um, who's a Bobby designer. Lee's wife, Smoke, uh, yes. who is like uh, called Bobby Lee's black wife. I think at, at like some <laughs> uh, like point he, he like says that very pointed, which I, I felt very odd. Yeah, it was a little weird. A little weird. Yeah. Uh, so she's being. A little neurotic about her, her Thursday hookup, but she's kind of just going with it. She seems mm-hmm. more concerned, frankly, about this dress. And there's a part of me, again, that goes like, here's a problem that you think they would have. Like, from what I know, like, Carrie knows so much about fashion. So the idea that Carrie would kind of be waiting till day of or assumed a couture fit would be ready day of. Like, I'm very confused by this. Now, I don't know how much of this was the implication that, like, Smoke was like, oh, no, 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 we have your measurements, it's fine, we don't need to, it'll be ready, da-da-da. Um, no idea. But it, it results in Carrie just basically waiting, 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 waiting for this dress to be done that cannot be done because uh, Smoke's like, I can't send you out to this giant fashion event. You're going to ruin my career before it even starts. I'm so sorry. I can give you these accoutrements, which are like cape and gloves. Uh, And thus Carrie decides, wait a second. I think she says, this wasn't a good memory. And she pulls out the wedding dress from uh, the movie. This beautiful Vivian Westwood wedding dress and bird feather hat (laughs) that uh, gets commented on. Um, And it it, kind of matches. And frankly, looks... Like a, a Macalla look, in my opinion, it's it felt very plausible to me, um, and I honestly think it was a good metaphor for like the resuscitation of the series. Like, it, it didn't necessarily go as you planned, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And it, there's an element of like we are going to bring back aspects of our old selves and figure out what to do with that. I think that it ended on this thing where she says, and just like that. And then the quote is, I repurposed my pain. And I was like, is that the theme? What the hell? Like, I was so, I was very confused. Again, (laughs) I think another example, right, where it's like the text is saying one thing, but we are meant to take something else, right? Because it's like, 
it's like even it's like I repurposed my pain. It's like she had a successful marriage and happy yes. marriage with Big. So yes. it's like this moment, while painful at the time, I think you look back on it and it's really not so painful and just part of your larger story, right? Where it's yes. like, oh yeah, we had this false start, but then we got back together and it was fine. You know what I mean? So that particular moment was bad. So I can't really I don't really buy that this is that painful, really. I think what we're really trying to say with that, she's like, oh, I'll just go to this with this dress is like, I'm trying to be a new and different person, but I'm dragging my old self into it, you know? Yes. It, and it, and there's no way to, <laughs> like, move on. Yes. It's especially poignant because that dress in particular, and it's pointed out in the movie, it's like, it's huge. It is this massive bustle. Um, mm-hmm. It's, I, I, I think it's frankly very gorgeous. And... Um, Vivian and decadent. Westwood. And the point yes, is, yes, this is overly decadent, right? Yes. 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 And uh, Vivian Westwood is specifically known as a designer for, like, just more, more, more. And so mm-hmm. the idea of, it's like, if Carrie's going to drag around the corpse of her previous life, in a way, it's like, what a metaphor to have, like, the heaviest fucking dress on that you owed that comes mm-hmm. in this massive box in the back of your closet to drag around. Like, it's almost this thing of, like, she might as well have been carrying like a 12 set of Louis Vuitton luggage behind her as terms yeah. of like the metaphor is baggage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of baggage, well, I don't know if this is baggage exactly. There's a kind of baggage, I suppose, which is um, over in LA, um, Miranda's strapping on six different dildos. Um, yes. Yeah. So this is backing up. I know we're, we're kind yes. of going uh, a little bit out of uh, episodic order, but yeah, I feel like a show like this, it helps to approach it non-linearly yes. and to talk about <laughs> uh, character arcs and things like that. Yes. But yes, backing up a little bit, because uh, that was the end of the episode, um, Miranda's storyline, she's with Che uh, in bed and she's strapping on uh, like a, a dildo or yeah, uh, I don't know like which, a strap on. Yeah, different ones set in front yeah. of her, meaning that she went to the store and in what feels to me very in character when... I don't know which one she's going to like, so I'm going to buy six of them because yeah. practically we're not sure which dildo is going to fit best. Um, yes, and and Che says, I, I was really haunted by this line. Uh, and now, Nadia, uh, tell me how you would feel if you're uh, you were about you were getting ready to uh, engage in sexual intercourse with your romantic partner, and your partner says. Something to the effect of, can we hurry this up? I've got a, a set at the comedy store at nine. I think I might end it right there. Yeah, right? It's just like, right? It's like, okay, no thanks. You know what I mean? Especially if you are about to do something that is like either new to you, maybe slightly, I don't want to say humiliating, but like a little out of your comfort zone. Yeah, maybe, I, you yeah know? I mean, it's to my knowledge... Now, who knows? Maybe with Miranda and Steve, they mixed it up. And Steve was like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, why not? Put a strap on on Miranda. Let's see how it yeah. goes. I, I can say take Steve it. Doesn't, uh, Steve doesn't roll that way. Steve, I, to me, is is vanilla, but, you know, like a, a natural vanilla. Yeah, like, yeah, with yeah. Fla- with flakes <laughs> of bean, real vanilla bean. Like a Madagascar yeah. vanilla bean. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, like, it's, it's missionary, but it's great missionary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't strike me as a strap-on guy. No. Um, uh, I think... Yeah, in that moment, that says more to me than what the scene actually says, which is mm-hmm. Mar- uh, Shay gets this call from Carrie, and Carrie's basically like, what's the deal with Franklin? Because she's kind of being neurotic about it, and Shay basically is like, uh, uh, becomes Carrie's uh, sex? I, I guess because of the podcast that they were having, you know, yeah. becomes a sex confidant, which, 
okay, sure. But essentially- But also, you know what's so strange about that is it's like, Carrie is best friends with Miranda. Yeah, why So it's like, and, and knows Miranda's in the room. So yeah. like, not only is Che taking this phone call when your uh, partner is about to, you know, like, fuck you. <laughs> which yes. feels like very rude. Yeah. Um, but also it's like, that's your partner's best friend. Yeah, it's weird that she and wouldn't just, just like, be like here. And I guess who knows? But the but the point is that there's there's so much weirdness about it. But uh it basically leads to Che saying like maybe it's just sex. And so now Miranda is thinking Che only wants sex. Like she thinks, Oh, that's what this partnership is. Che wants sex. Um uh and and I, I, to me the bigger red flag is that Che's gotta do the set at the comedy store and is like can you hurry up getting that strap on yeah. that you purchased from the Hustler store? To which I say, Miranda, please go to the pleasure chest, support small business. Like, try <laughs> try something apart from the fucking Hustler store. Um, it just, that, there was so much of episode one that just made me go, what the fuck is Miranda doing? She says, yeah. Jay's the most beautiful person. She's like, so absolutely obsessed. And I'm like, how good is that pussy? Like, it can't, is it really that good? Is the sex that amazing and mind blowing no. for Miranda? Or is she I, just so in her attempt to uh, to become a completely different human that she's ignoring yeah. all red flags? I think yeah, that's what we're supposed to take away. She's ignoring all red flags and she's continuing. Uh, she's being isolated from even her former best friend. Yeah. It feels like who is no longer serving the role of a best friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of sex, then. Lisa's husband is like, "Hey, let me let me help you relax." Yeah, she's and, getting ready for the Met Ball, yeah, like, and he's like, "Let me just eat you out real fast." She, uh, uh, but wait, hold on, oh, I want to talk sorry. about the resolution of with Lisa because yes, I think yes. this is very, very interesting to me. Right, so the sort of resolution of the storyline of she's you know juggling too many things, too much on her plate. She goes, "Oh, that's what I forgot." I didn't book the car yes. to get to the Met Ball. How am I going to get there? And George Washington says, <laughs> oh, no, she says, let's just walk. And mm -hmm. then George Washington says, you're going to walk 10 blocks? And she goes, yeah. Now, 10 blocks is not far at all. Yeah. Even, even in painful shoes, which I have done in New York. Uh, Even in like high heels or whatever, it that is doable. Yes, you know yes. what I mean. Even in the worst of shoes, it's like by block five you go, okay, shit, let me pop it Halfway in Dwayne Reed to get blister pads or whatever. Yeah, uh, but but again, a problem is solution yes. immediate, right? Where it's just like there is no actual problem here. It's like oh, I forgot to get the car, and so it's just like well, I guess I'll have to walk ten blocks. It's like so not really a problem. Yeah, and it wasn't like I'm running late. It was just like okay. Yeah. I'll do it. Uh, yes. Anti-storytelling. Yes. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it's like, these people don't really have problems. Yeah. The only one who seems to really have a problem right now to me is Naya, who, um, mm -hmm. you know, eating alone isn't a tragedy, but she realizes, okay, I've been going to the same spots. Let me go somewhere new. Um, she goes somewhere new. Um, her husband's, again, out of town. She's like, not sure what the state of everything is, but she goes out and this uh, Trace Sexy Toussaint uh, spots her. And is uh, hits on her and basically is like, oh shit, you're married, sorry. Um, Naya just keeps getting drunk, FaceTimes her husband, and then gets mad when she realizes there's some white girl on a guitar in his hotel room. Um, mm -hmm. 
And there was a moment where she just, like, hangs up on him after kind of reaming him out and just goes, fuck around and find out. And that, to me, feels like <laughs> a little mini theme for uh, possibly season two. Fuck around and find out. Like, that seems to be what these characters are doing to some degree, you know? Yes. Particularly Miranda, but I think to everybody else in their own way is fucking around and they are finding out that they are not poached egg people and they haven't dealt with the things that they were supposed to deal with 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's... <laughs> it's wild to me how much also Naya is just, like, left alone. In part because she has mm-hmm. Miranda's connection and Miranda's in L.A., but, uh... She is completely, like, yeah. not a part of this group at right. all. Right, You know what I mean? And it's just dealing with a separate storyline. Right. Um... Which I think is we're supposed to take away from this. Like, God, everyone is so disconnected. Yes. It's like, you thought you were a part of this group. You thought you could, like, join. Mm -hmm. You can't. Mm -hmm. Like, you cannot penetrate this. Like, So you have to now deal with, like, uh, your infertility and your husband going on tour alone. Which is just very sad and embarrassing. We should also talk about the conclusion of the Miranda and Shay. Yes, yes. So it turns out that during that costume fitting, Shay realizes, you know, she's maybe not fitting into the Hollywood standard sizing and feels bad about that. Which... Yes, was called overweight yes. in a way that I think we might have seen, but also didn't really see. Right, yes. It's, you know? It's more implied. Yeah, again, I think a real, like, fake problem. Mm-hmm. And then... Miranda is presented with a real, or, or is like, or, or presents her problem to Che, right? Where it's like, I think you're just in this for sex. And then Che says, no, the reason why I've been weird a little bit and didn't like you like coming to my uh, set at the comedy store and hugging me was because I feel self-conscious about my weight. Problem. Oh, the, oh, there we go. The tension is immediately dissolved. Mm-hmm. Not a problem anymore. There's this thing that I was writing down in my notes that I called society smackdowns. And mm-hmm. it feels like here's the show making a statement. And one of those statements is people shouldn't lose weight for television. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's that's true. We should uh, be more body inclusive. Uh, but it did feel like it, it was a weird statement to make at the cost of like, yeah, within the storyline, Miranda kind of just gets to get off the hook about worrying that like, well, maybe there is some other stuff going on. Because again... Yeah. Can we hurry f- this up? I've got to get to my set. Doesn't scream to me, uh, you know, loving partner who's like in it for the other stuff. Yeah. But I it's a phony won't. solution yes. to a real problem. Right. And yeah. and that's what this episode is all about. Yes. Uh, even with um, like Carrie and Franklin, right? Where Carrie's like, oh, um, I don't want to go to your friend's like whiskey bar opening or whiskey tasting or whatever on Tuesday. Let's just stick to having sex on Thursdays. Franklin's like, okay. Yes. You know? totally fine with it. We don't even get a little bit of like, he says okay, but it's like, "Mm," we get the sense that he wants something more. Right. You know? He's just like, okay, cool. And it's like, oh, well, problem solved, I guess. Just done and done. Her neuroticism affected three minutes of airtime, and then she came forward with the truth and and was stopped being pathologically polite, and now here we are. Like, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, it's... In the same way that um, when Anthony says the Met Ball, I do love balls, 
which not only feels like a joke stolen from Drag Race, but like it does feel like um, here we are hearkening back to the thing, and yet uh, the real issue is like he keeps getting uninvited. Yes, um, his friends treat him like dirt. Yes, like, uh, his that's time the real is problem. not respected. They're incredibly rude to him to constantly invite him and disinvite him, and he just laps it up like a dog. Right. You it, know that part I find very very odd. Like if I got disinvited from the mat ball by a friend, I'd be kind of pissed. I don't know that you I was can't just... do that. Yeah. you can't invite someone and then say sorry, you can't come anymore. Yeah, if the problem is on SEMA, right? When SEMA is like, oh, I, I, I give away my ticket, I can't make it. Yeah, and, she goes, and Actually, on I can't Charlotte make it. for being like, sorry, my husband wants to go and I got to bring him, as opposed to yeah. talking this out with Harry in advance and going, hey. This isn't normally your bag. Are you interested? And then, like, confirming. Like, there's this lack of communication across the board with yes. everybody. So it leads to this kind of juxtaposition, which I think mm-hmm. um, uh, one of one of our uh, one of this season two's capitalism conundrums, which is Rock. Um, Rock says, "I won't be party to upholding the patriarchy and heteronormative standards of beauty." And then that's juxtaposed very quickly after with. This isn't crazy. It's Valentino. And, like, to me, that sums up so much of what's happening, which is, like, one side saying, hey, we need to address the problems of the world, and the other side saying, but Valentino! Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what this show is about, right? It's like things are deeply unequal and deeply broken, but also look how beautiful this is. Yes, yes, which leads us into episode two, where uh, what's... The real deal. Yes. The real deal Where is beauty is beauty is approached in a few different ways, I would say. Um, yes. So, so it starts with um, they are reading Franklin and Carrie at the podcast job. Yes. Uh, are reading uh, promos. And one thing I noted, Nadia, is one of the promos had an at sign in them. Uh, one of the promo codes, which is not real. Yeah. You know, promo codes are like, you know, be like sex 15 for 15 percent off. Yes. You know. Uh, you, this new skincare line. It was like sex at fifteen. It was just like what, what? Like they don't. Yeah, that that. It was... wouldn't be like a URL. <laughs> you know what I mean, or an email address. Again, <laughs> it's like a promo the code. sliding doors reality that we're uh, witnessing. Um. So yes, Carrie is offended by Vag in the city, and frankly, so am I. But the part that really gets Carrie is I refuse, in Carrie's words, to do a ad about, uh, I believe it's a vaginal cream of some kind. Now, do you think it was she was upset about the cream? I, it felt to me like she was just like upset about vaginas. Like, we shouldn't talk about vaginas <laughs> like this. Yeah, there was an odd thing of almost like she felt like this advertisement can't be on my show, it shouldn't be on my show, etc. And in my head, I'm like, madam, your show is... This is what of, the show is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, why, this is your target audience. Of course, this is why they gave you this copy to read. There's yeah. a reason that, like, a beauty podcast would be reading an ad for Curology versus um, a comedy podcast doing so. Yeah, it's like you would just read the ad for the vagina thing. Like, it's it just like I didn't understand this person who has, like, been a sex columnist for decades. Yeah. just Why and just doing an ad for, like, a vagina cream and would also be like, doesn't this offends say, me. Like, hey, <laughs> this, this is badly written. Let me give a stab at this. She needs Allie Stoker, who, um, side note, love her, met her once. What a sweetheart. Mm. She needs Allie Stoker to roll in and, like, ream her out for not reading this and basically set up. 
if you don't do this, like, we're fucked. Like, you need to pull through as a part of a team. This is a workplace. Get your shit done. Um, and Kara's just like, I can't talk about badge products. And I don't understand why. I don't understand where this is coming from for Carrie. So, um. Yes, I love the line particularly that said, uh, she said, it's not the podcast heyday of 2021. <laughs> where the ad money was just rolling in. Yes, yes. You know, uh, you know better help and. Uh, Stamps.com. Yeah, everyone was just. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, rolling in dough. Yeah, they're uh, like, we are drying up. And I'm like, okay. Um, she does have a point. It just generally. Generally, she has a point, which is do your fucking job. So Carrie's, uh, Carrie has uh, Franklin over, Franklin with a Y, which I think we established last episode, uh, and he busts out the computer and says what I do agree to be maybe the least sexy sentence I've ever heard, (laughs) (laughs) which is I just finished downloading Final Draft. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which really funny with I th- think the I final draft reference <laughs> in this episode and the avid reference in yes. the previous episode yes. i was like man everyone is uh, they just googled like how do writers write how do editors <laughs> edit um but yeah so he's basic i don't know why he needed to download final draft to write ad copy that he could have written in courier new font in a google doc but neither here nor there um carrie's like we're not working in bed you know, and I was just like, yeah, we're going to work W-E-R-K in bed. But um, so she's not wrong there. But essentially, eventually succumbs and goes like, OK, let me let me try. And it's like so much back and forth between like, well, how would you do it? And yes, um, for this, this, what seems like it's just a stupid podcast ad read for 30 yes, seconds. Yeah. Just bust it out. You're a professional writer. I think it was so interesting. And I think very metatextual for Carrie to say there's no human being who speaks like this. Right. Right. On a show that constantly has humans saying things that no human beings say, like right. comedy concert. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> it was very frustrating. And I just kept thinking, do the damn commercial. Um, yes. And she eventually comes around to doing it. And everyone is fired. Yes. Well, that yeah, we're the skipping entire, ahead. To, the entire podcast company has folded. Yeah, that is the end of the storyline, right? Where it's like this. Uh, Carrie storyline. This episode was like, I can't say this. This is I, I. This offends me. This is weird. Please just put in your own words. Uh, fine. Okay, I'll do it. And she spends. You know, she sits down like she's about to write like a great American novel. You know what I mean? <laughs> For this 30-second ad copy, we have her, like, staring out the window. And it's just like, just just write it. Yeah. Just say it. And then the end of this episode is, yeah, everyone gets fired. The company is bought out by, uh, the line, I believe, was Apple or Peach or whatever. Yes. Um, Which is funny to me. Again, we live in a world where I guess people don't know what Apple is. (laughs) Because... You would just say it was bought out by Apple. You wouldn't. It, it's not like saying, "Oh, it was bought out by like Gojo or Jogo or whatever." You know what I mean? It's yes. like this is no Apple's a big company. Like you wouldn't say we were bought out by Amazon or Rainforest or I don't know. It's like no, you know what Amazon is. It's you also know? odd. You wouldn't to say like because it, I'm googling something or boogling something. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. It's like no, we I'm, all know this. I'm binging it or zinging it or winging it or whatever that <laughs> yeah. search bar is. It's weird to me too because if the idea is that they're being bought out you'd think that would have gotten brought up 
Like, I yes, guess no. it's implied, and Allie is saying, like, <laughs> we need you to do this. But the, the implication then it's becomes... immediately sold. Yes, and you, I'm like... You don't do one ad read. Right. And But even it's just like, she agreed. She's like, okay, I'll, like, rewrite it a little bit. And like, sorry, you got bought out, and the show right. is canceled. Like, immediately. And I, and I honestly don't understand what that... Like, even if you're purchased, particularly by a large media conglomerate, such as Apple or Peach or whatever... Uh, it does not mean that everything goes away immediately. It usually means that there's like six months to a year of restructuring. We're seeing it right now as we witness the uh, Warner Brothers Discovery merger and how bit by bit things, jobs are being shed because they're looking at numbers and they're looking at, you know, what's going to give us the biggest profit, etc. As opposed to, hey, we bought your thing and now you're done. Done yeah. so. Finito. Immediately. Um... It did for me bring up this question of like, do you sell yourself for your job and how we sell ourselves as like a potential theme? Um, you sound very much like uh, Carrie in the original <laughs> Sex and the City. That would have been brought up. But this is just like, again, and just like that, there's no introspection or self-reflection. It's just, um, I don't want to do the ad. Okay, maybe I'll do the ad. Oh, too late. The media company got <laughs> shut down. Right. Well, I guess that's the end of my podcast. Right. And, like, and oh, do not, we feel any way about this? It's like, no, events just happen and we just soldier on. Yes. It's it's odd because in my head, I'm like, if the idea is how do we sell ourselves, right? That's kind of coming through with some of the other characters. It comes through with Che a bit. It comes through with, um, um, uh, I guess, maybe some Charlotte a little bit, but it's like, really that that's like almost touched it's like danced near it's not even danced around it's danced near and so i'm so curious as to why that isn't hit on harder but uh i digress uh because really um i think the person that's maybe dealing the most with i've sold myself a certain way that's not working anymore is charlotte um because should we talk about her uh storyline yes in this episode? yes please um yeah so uh with charlotte right she um uh first her her daughter lily is like i want a new piano yes um and charlotte is like no you gotta work and, uh, it says you gotta work for it which is okay a little bit i was just like well uh, how much is this gonna be you know it's like a, it's like maybe a thousand dollars at most to get an electric piano and i thought it was also very weird when lily was like oh i just need like this kind of keyboard and like a new audio interface and they're like i have no idea what this means and it's like you don't know what the words audio interface means <laughs> like and then you can't parse what an audio interface is like <laughs> yeah okay i guess but sure and it's like okay you got to find money your own way and so then lily sells all of her clothes to some sort of like uh third party Right. There's, Clothes reseller? Yeah, I, a, this is based on a real thing. Yeah, right? so, I the, don't know. so there's a bunch of companies like this. I sell clothes through a place called Poshmark and Depop, which um, mm -hmm. can check out my closet. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, reselling clothes online is, is a pretty common popular thing to the point where I am surprised that it didn't come up last season as a way for Carrie to deal with the mountains of clothes that she, had, uh, she possesses. That said, um, it is based on specifically the real real. In this show, it's the real 
deal. But the real real is mentioned, right? Yes. Because they say, like, is it the real real? And they're like, no, it's the real deal. They're like, they're fast and they give you cash like a drug deal. <laughs> to which Anthony rightfully points out, when the fuck have you ever seen a drug deal? So good on you, Anthony. Yes. But um, yes, the real real exists in this world and this is the real deal. But yes, Lily uh, wants to play her own music and uh, decides I'm going to sell what are ostensibly very, very nice expensive clothes. And again, um, I don't understand, like, she must have made easily like 10 grand or so, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like maybe more, it feels like, but it's like this keyboard, no way was this expensive. Like instruments, like, you know what I mean? Right. Like maybe if we're pushing it 5K, right. you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, even top of the line everything, I don't think is like, the pieces in Lily's closet, if we are to be believed, are very nice. She is yeah. doing very well for herself. She that fifteen year old has a closet I envy. So sure. yeah. <laughs> she should be making bank. Uh, Lily gets the keyboard right and like yes. records her song. Yes, in a beanie. Invites uh her parents and uh Anthony to like see this, right? To right. like hear the new song and she's playing it and not only are they very rude to her yes like being like we should open up another bottle of wine and it's just like god you're being rude to this girl who is like kindly invited you to be like hey parents would you like to connect with me and my interests right and they're like absolutely (laughs) not (laughs) yeah no disgusting um and her song is very much about like feeling trapped by all the privilege that she has which i think is so interesting one we're touching on a lot of like themes but also like that it's like, God, you work so hard and you're trying to give your kid a certain lifestyle so they feel safe and comfortable. And it's not enough, right? It's yeah. never enough. Yes. You'll never give your kids enough unless you just fucking get them the keyboard that they wanted and let them be an artist. You right. know, let them it's, pursue their own passion. I mean, it's very much this uh, uh, related to at least this idea of uh, consci- uh, con- consumption in a mm-hmm. late stage capitalism, which is it's never enough. You'll just continue to consume, consume, consume. And what... I think it's very interesting to have a journey for Charlotte where Charlotte's original journey was very much wanting a traditional life in a very wealthy area and being married with her children um, and raising those kids. And what she's coming up against over and over again is that her kids are rebelling. You know, Mm -hmm. Rock Rock is their own person and has gone through their own um, identity journey. And now Lily is kind of doing the same thing with her not particularly great songs. But to be fair... The songs I wrote at 15 were also very bad. So, you know, yeah. I see Look, you, Look, I thought it was better than it could have been. <laughs> I think if we compare Lily's song with Che's stand-up in terms of quality, you know what I mean? Yes, yes. Because Lil- Che, the joke Lily's that the Che real had artist. last episode, yeah, about like, oh, uh, nobody walks in LA, you know, I took an Uber from my kitchen to my living room, is like the hackiest joke. Yeah. Right? And so I think we're supposed to be like, oh, Che kind of is a hack. Yeah. You know, yeah. But Lily is like, I don't know. The song's like not too bad. You yeah, know what I mean? And you're from 15. Heart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And again, at 15, it's it's a lot of emoting and a lot of like, you don't know everything yet, uh, particularly in terms of songwriting. But hey, she's trying. She's put herself out there. She put herself yes. out there in front of her family first, which I found very interesting because it felt yeah. like a yes, Lily is desperate to connect with these people, and b um, it, it shows that she believes this is a safe space in which she can connect. So Charlotte gets all up in arms over the fact over this one Chanel dress that she had purchased, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
ends up going with Carrie to a real deal store, which there are stores of the real real. And I guess in this universe, there's also stores of the real deal where they have to deal with uh, the most Gen Z parody customer service person I've ever seen, Eden, Mm -hmm. who doesn't know anything and literally just keeps saying, I don't know. And um, Charlotte nearly loses her mind and becomes, in Carrie's word, you were this close to being a meme. Um, She goes full Karen and Mm -hmm. uh, trying to figure out where this dress is and how to get it back. Um, and, and like, not even eventually, just like in the store minutes after being like, you know, find me my, that fucking dress. I need it. And Carrie's like, you got to calm down. Sure. It's like, I know what's wrong with me. Yeah. She's got it. She can't fit into that dress anyway. I have the memories. Let's go. Again, phony solution, right? It's just like, oh, that's okay. I've changed. No, you haven't. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because the real problem is that. Your daughter's growing up and you don't want to accept it or your daughter's yes. their own And your daughter person. has different interests, yes, yes, and is not like the fashionista that you wanted her to be. And even with Rock, right, it was a little bit, it's like, well, Rock is now non-binary and plays video games and uh, doesn't care about Judaism, but at least I have my other daughter. Right. It's like, is the subtext, right? Yes. But it's like, oh, you don't. Like, right. you think you do, but you really don't. Uh, I... <laughs> just her being like all right i'll go home because it's she's not going to accept whatever's coming next let's talk about this miranda and chase story yeah right um so um they're uh like in bed together chay and miranda and then uh chay answers the phone rude (laughs) to do while you're in the middle of sex yeah and says, that's my show writer calling. Not <laughs> show runner. Nope. Show writer. Uncanny now, Valley reality. Yeah, Nadia. Like, we know... Th- TV writers writing this know the term show runner. Yes. Yeah. It's not like comedy concert where it's like, maybe you've never seen stand-up. Yeah. This is like, you know what a show runner is. Yeah, you're literally sitting next to them. <laughs> to say show writer... Not like this is a, my writer calling or one of the writers, you know, but to say show writer referencing like a showrunner, like this is the person right. who is uh, the creative in charge of the entire show. Right. Um, is a deliberate choice. Yeah. To, like you said, build that unreality, that yeah. uncanny valley. We are living in a, a bizarre version of Hollywood. Right. We're also living in a bizarre version of this show because I'm like, when the fuck did Miranda learn how to eat clit? Like she is going <laughs> down on Che and I'm like. When did that happen? Like, did she just watch a bunch of videos? It was a crazy made, weekend. Just we just made, had a... <laughs> she just made line porn for one week. Yeah. It was like, I gotta learn how to master this. It. Especially for somebody where, like, there was never a reference in Miranda's life earlier. It's not like Miranda... There's not like this episode where Miranda talks about, like, oh, yeah, in college I had a girlfriend, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and then I was like, eh, I'm being bi, or I'm bi, but I don't, you know, I'm gonna yeah. marry Steve Look, Maddie, this is this is what I've always said. Eating pussy is easy. <laughs> Anyone can do it. It's not. It's not a skill. It's not. It's simple. This woman who's been straight her whole life just was like, "Oh, what do I got to do down here? I just move my tongue around a little bit. All right. Yeah. Bing, bang, boom. Alphabet motions. Okay. That's done. it. Done. Whatever. It's like you pick this up in a long weekend. It's like any imbecile can, can please a woman. 
Huh, maybe she learned it in AA meetings. So that's uh, right. <laughs> so she is going to AA apparently. So good. She is good going to her. AA. Congrats. This AA meeting that I have to say a fabulous location. You yes, know what I mean? Now, like you typically think of AA in like a church basement. Yes, I, I will say that generally speaking, a lot of I, so I uh, a proud member of Al Anon, which is the support group because my mother was an alcoholic. So I know a thing or two about twelve step programs. So I don't have a problem. I have a problem with other people's problems. That's the way to frame it. Even though I that's think- the that's the slogan of Al Anon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as opposed to. Because the names are too damn similar. So anyway, um, I have been in some meeting spaces where I go, this is nice. And I've been in other meeting spaces where I go, yes, this is what should be portrayed more on television. So the fact that she's in L.A. and she's in a nice space, I go, that could happen. Um, And it could be that she's there at 1.30 on a Tuesday. So it's a kind of small meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I did kind of feel like there should be more folding chairs, less light. Um, the, yeah. there should be, there should be more missing donuts and the coffee machine shouldn't work. Um, yeah. but, but the, uh, the, a very <laughs> friendly person. Yes. Right. That is accurate. That feels accurate to me that somebody would be like, Hey, you're going through a rough time too, because part of any 12 step program is very much acts of service. And like, how can you be there for other people? Cause, uh, it gets yeah. you out of your head. Um, so yeah, like, I can totally come help yes. clean up junk at the, you know, at the, in the ocean. So it's like, we're going to take the PCH and we're going to go down right. to Malibu. That makes sense to me. So she carpools O down with Allie because Marianne is basically like, I don't have much to do right now. You know, yeah. she's, she's not on that internship and she's apparently not in school. Um, and she's only occasionally taking calls from Naya across town or car, or not across town, sorry, across the country. You know, mm-hmm. across, across elitist coastal towns, mind you. Yes. Um, <laughs> so Miranda's at the beach <laughs> cleaning seaweed up, and she is the Neptune Net Misadventures is how I wrote this down. Yes. So I want to point out, Nadi, I don't know if you caught this line, but um, when she's talking with, I think, like Naya on the phone. Yes. Um, Miranda says, she says, cell phones and environmentalists, not a great match. She says this to Naya. Why... Why are cell phones and environmentalists not a great match? I, I truly don't understand that. I don't know either. And I have not been to uh, an environmental cleanup like that, really. So I don't know if it's a thing where, like, the etiquette is put your phone away. I don't know but if that's But that's not, thing, not but... being a great match with environmentalists, right? Environmentalists yeah, are not yeah. opposed to cell phones. It's not like she arrived here wearing, like, uh, I don't know, like a fur jacket. You know what I mean? Like a mink right. coat. Or right. something. Like everyone or like, has a phone in their pocket. So what's yeah. that about? Or she was just like, you know, like throwing uh, Pepsi cans yeah. on the beach. You know what I mean? She was also like, was... oh, this isn't a good match. It just is <laughs> Nor- like, yeah, I have a phone. Like, <laughs> Nor okay. was she on the phone being like, yeah, I'm at this beach cleanup. It blows. The ocean blows. I hate the earth. <laughs> Fuck Mother Gaia. Like, she wasn't yeah. insulting anything. She's having a conversation with her friend. I was having a meltdown because Naya is. Yes. Had it up to here because earlier in the episode, we, Naya has a call with her husband who is on tour and basically says, you know, hey, I'm sorry, I was crazy the other week. I got drunk and FaceTimed you and that was weird. And the husband says, like, no, it's fine. Like, I, I get it. And they, they get into this conversation where he basically admits, like, yeah, I've thought about what would happen if I, you know, slept with somebody else. And, and Naya then decides to take apart, and what I think was a funny bit of business, her, his, all of his stuff. And it's just right. like, goodbye, you know, trash art, goodbye, this and that. Uh, do you want six guitars? There's a going out of business sale, etc. 
but what's very strange to me is it feels like he he doesn't say I, I thought about cheating on you. He mentions it as like using this his bandmate as a surrogate. Right. Yes. So, which one is, is confusing because that's not how surrogates work. Like you don't fuck someone else, right? Like right. they're inseminated. Yeah, and even if it even if he's just talking about using a surrogate, not even in that context, just generally a surrogate. Like I guess in Naya's mind, she's like this whole time I've been talking about how I want to get pregnant, and he hasn't heard me. So I'm done with this person because they haven't been paying attention to mm -hmm. what I want and need. But even so, yeah, like just logistically, I'm going, what? What? Yeah. While uh, Miranda's on the phone with Naya, right? Mm -hmm. There is a man who is very annoyed at her. Yes. For being on the phone. Yes. Which I don't know why you'd be so mad at a volunteer. You were all volunteering. Yeah, it's not like Miranda wasn't doing work, but whatever. Um, and he says this line, which I think is... The show's thesis statement, <laughs> where he says, the earth is already dead. We're just cleaning up a corpse. Yes. And holy fuck, is that not just and just like that encapsulated? I it, That is, it, it is it was true on so many levels. It's true for this program. It is true for these characters. It is true for ourselves as viewers. It is true for the world. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it's stunning. Like, it was a stunning omission. A perfect, perfect line. The earth is already dead. We're just cleaning up a corpse. Yeah. And you know, it's she, just like, and we're going through the motions. We're doing it. Even though we know we're fucked. Even though we know yeah. the end is nigh. And there's nothing to do about it. It's too late. And, and her we response is- We still feel the need to perform, right? We still yes. feel the need to- um, go about these little rituals acting like we will change something. It's Because it's, to truly yeah, face yeah. oblivion is impossible. You know, I know to truly come to terms with that. Well, well, it's that thing of like, you know, we look at uh, one serial killer and we go, look, we got to study them under a microscope. If they kill like, you know, a few people. And then somebody who does like a mass murdering of thousands, genocide. Like, we can't wrap our heads around it. We have no we're unable to. It's just like, oh my god, well, they're evil. Like, there's there's no way to really break that down. Um, in terms of her response to this guy, which, apologies for interrupting earlier, but, like, the response to that is what I found equally fascinating, which she goes, like, I think she says something to the effect of, like, you know, you're fun to talk to. Yeah. As, as basically just saying, you know, wow, I don't want to hear it. You know, he yeah. is calling out the truth. He is a truth teller in this moment. Mm -hmm. he, you know, and even though he's being presented as being annoying, he's he's not wrong. And she's like, I don't want to hear it. Which then feels like uh, how it's it's a response call. You know, it's a call and response. Like they're saying, the earth is dying. And the audience is going, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. When yeah, I say earth true. is dying, you say, I don't want to hear it. Earth is dying. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Earth is dying. I don't want to hear it. Like that's. It, it it felt so poignant to me, and so then it feels like her Neptune's Net misadventures are even even sillier in retrospect. Yeah, so she loses that, her phone. Miranda can't find her phone, mm -hmm. um, and then is grossed out digging through the trash that she sorted already. You know yes. what I mean? It's not yes. gross. Like you can't be surprised by this. You already did this, but okay, she is, um, and can't find her phone, and then. 
finds these surfers who one of them I don't know if you clocked this Nadia but had insane cum gutters. Yes. This guy <laughs> had the deepest V ab muscles I've ever seen. It took uh, me a, a very heterosexual man uh it took me aback. I was like, "Whoa. That's nuts, dude." Yeah, and they keep offering her weed which she doesn't want. Um and she almost gets mad, like, please stop offering me the weed. Which, you know, okay, sure. But, sure. like, she she goes to these kind surfers who are like, yeah, I'll give you my phone. And in that moment, she goes, shit, I don't know Che's number. She calls Carrie, gets it, calls Che to be like, I, I can't get home. Can you send, you know, can you pick me up? Che rightfully points out, it is rush hour. It will take me an hour and a half to get there. Um, and when Che sends a friend, ostensibly, to come pick them up who lives nearby Rain's very grateful they get into a conversation it turns yes well out- i do want to sorry i do want to back up a little bit <laughs> mm-hmm. because there's another line that i wrote down that really struck me was so the only number that miranda does know is carrie's phone number yes right the, yes her only real connection right yes. she has no connection with che has a connection with carrie calls carrie and asks for um uh che's number um but when um, uh, Carrie's getting the call. She says, "Unknown caller, better not be the Democrats again." Which <laughs> I think is a really great line, but like really just sums up the mood of maybe the whole country, but definitely like these kind of people, right? Where yes. It's just like I better not be hearing from the Democrats. Yeah, if they <laughs> ask me for to donate to a campaign one more fucking time, yeah, I'm it's like twenty twenty is over. You know what I mean? Yes. We, are, we it's like, hey, I did it. You said this is the most important election of our lifetime. We got to elect Joe Biden. Okay, man, I did it. We yeah. dragged that corpse across the finish line. Yeah. It's like, you better not come to me with any of this, oh, Roe v. Wade is under attack. And, you know, it's like, no, sorry. I did everything. I'm over it. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Never the mind world... the earth is dying. She... Yes, the earth is already dead. We're just cleaning up a corpse. Yeah. Stop. It c- it carries just like, nah, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. What is the Democratic Party, but also a corpse that's being cleaned <laughs> up? You know? What is pretty much any... Well, not any political party, but most major political parties worldwide, if not corpses, we are constantly dragging across in our yes, respective Yes, it's nations. just like, you better not be calling me Chuck Schumer and being like, we need Nancy <laughs> Pelosi needs uh, re-election. $15 or money. whatever. Yeah. It's just like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Democracy is under attack, et cetera, yes. et cetera. Like, I, 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 yeah, her sentiment, I think, is strong within... A lot of people and, and can be recognized. Yes. And, and I think portends, dare I say, a Trump re-election. And I think this episode is, you know, that line. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's a glimpse into our future, right? Yeah. How the country is feeling, which is like, it better not be the fucking Democrats again calling. That's right. like, uh-oh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the, uh, guys, guys, it's not, um, remember that whole thing I said about how, like, one genocidal maniac can take over and we can't comprehend our brains around it. Like, that doesn't end. You just kind of have to always be on guard for that kind of thing happening. Um, you can't you can't ever let your guard down for a second. And they are very yeah, much in a like, mindset where they want to let their guards down completely. Um, yeah, they just want to feel normal way. again. Yes. But you can't feel normal. There's no going back. Nope, Like, not there's at all. no easy solution to this. Nope. And, and in that way, that is when Miranda finds out in the meantime, that she's in this pickup truck being driven back towards what I assume is maybe yes, Midtown Chase of LA. Yes, Chase sends someone named Lyle. Their husband. Um, 
Shay sends their husband, and when Miranda calls them out on it, uh, Shay is like, yeah, we're such slackers, we, like, never bothered to go get, you know, an annulment or a divorce or what have you, mm-hmm. which I find odd. Very um, odd. And, again, we're supposed to think this is a red flag of Che is not who Miranda thinks they are. Right. And... Yeah, this may not be all cracked up to be. And it feels like this is the first time there is a problem, but not an immediate solution to this, right? Right. The, the, so the solution is Che just starts kind of trying to distract Marina, and basically Che is like, can we not do this today? That's essentially yeah. what they say, because uh, earlier, Che uh, is in conversation with Tony Danza. Oh, yes. We have to talk. We have to talk about the Tony Danza. And it, Tony Danza can't be Mexican. I just need to Tony state Danza that. is incredible. He's so funny <laughs> he, in the show. He, he really is. He's great. I, I I love the Tony Danza appearances. Yeah. Um, and he can't be Mexican. And he rightfully yes. points out that like uh, I'm I'm not this person. Either you're going to need to recast, but I don't want to do that. So how about if we come to this other solution? Which very the nice of is, Tony Danza. Yeah, the solution is it's a pretty good writing trick, right? Where yeah. he's just like um, the so. We'll have your uh, grandmother, your abuela, be your connection to your Mexican ancestry. Mm-hmm. And instead of Irish, you'll just be Italian. Yeah. So I'll be your Italian dad, and then you'll have a, a Mexican uh, mom, but I, maybe the mom's dead, and we'll just, you. but you have your grandmother. Right. Um, exactly. Because that grandmother's killing it in uh, in rehearsals. Yeah. Uh, which I uh, uh, love that detail. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> I, you know, thematically, Tony Danza, this is so interesting, because who would have ever predicted that in, and just like that, that Tony Danza would really be the moral center here, right? Because he is the only one who seems to understand, I cannot be someone I'm not. I can't Tony put on Danza's a costume, right? Center. He can't be, no, he's no. like, I can't be Mexican. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe there was a time where I could have fooled myself and being like, oh, it, it doesn't matter. I look, you know, vaguely ethnic. Sure. You know, I'm so Italian that maybe I could pass. Yeah, and that he's way like, that there's like an unwritten rule among like there's a three-way handshake between italians jewish people and arabs that's like we can yes. all play each other yeah yeah, yeah. Or at least for fine, a while you know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but tony dance is like i you know there was maybe a time where i or i could delude myself into thinking that i'm someone i'm not but i am very italian and i can only be me and be very italian um he is authentic yes he is authentic and then che is this like well you know, I don't know because I'm Irish and being like Irish and Mexican is very important to me, which is funny. Even though I said all this thing about like being authentic uh, to yourself, uh, watching this, I was like, Che, come on. Well, who cares Irish versus Italian? It's like, I agreed with Tony Danza here. That's like the difference is Italians have better food. Come yeah. on. <laughs> yes, there is no part of me that's going, no, no, no. I think that Che, it's not like we see Che stand up and she talks about, so I'm also Irish. And then yes. we hear Che talk about how that important that is or making jokes about their Irish heritage. That doesn't come up. So I'm surprised that there's a, uh, uh, this shift is so perplexing to them apart from, no, it has to be this way because of that's who I am and it's about me. Um, to which I say, okay, maybe, but like, why don't you just listen to Tony Danza? Tony Danza might yeah, have a just listen here. to Tony Danza. He is meant to be our moral compass here, yeah. who is going to guide us through a very inauthentic world while maintaining our authenticity and our authentic self. Yeah. The other, um, 
most authentic part, I thought, was so uh, OG George Washington is uh, with his kids oh my God, on the story So, yes, so his mother, who we've seen in the previous uh, season, um, mom's back. And mom is very picky. And yeah, like, Lisa does not like her mother-in-law. Yes, because her mother-in-law very cutting. I would say this, and uh, I looked it up just because I was curious. Uh, I do believe the, because this episode is credited to Michael Patrick King and another writer whose name I, I forgot I didn't write down. The other writer is black. Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, kudos to them yes. for doing uh, a like a storyline about what it means to be authentically black uh, and how to navigate your blackness in America. At least there was a black writer here. Yes. I there, was a little worried maybe there wasn't. Yeah, but. no, I know what you mean. But I, there was a lot of little nods. It's like, okay, grand, grandma doesn't like your hair when it's a certain way. It needs to be pulled back and in braids. Okay. Mm-hmm. Grandma doesn't like this. Grandma comments that uh, Lisa looks like uh, she's returned from the cast of The Lion King. Uh, yes. Lisa's just being driven crazy by her mother-in-law. Um, Her mother-in-law has a certain idea that uh, being black in America um, means almost like assimilation, right? It is like a rejection of your roots and culture. And it's like, you need to uh, like absorb whiteness and also like excel and be like the best at it. You need to be the most white. Right. And that is how you will succeed. Right. Which is true, I think, also in so many marginalized communities, but particularly in immigrant communities Mm -hmm. and just like if you are not a white person in America, you are now charged with being a specific kind of person in America, lest you be arrested, lest you be um, yeah. uh, shunned or uh, unable to uh, not just excel, but just like, get ahead at all. Just to maintain, you have to assimilate to this whiteness. So I thought yes. that this to me felt the most authentic. Of all the characters, so uh, when George Washington basically gets mad that a cab driver illegally will not uh, service him and his daughters, he hits the hood of the cab. But his mom sees his mom calls him yeah. out later and is like, "Very weird." The cab was just sitting there. You know what I mean? Yes, like why? The, yeah, it just felt like very weird. It wasn't like at a red light or anything. It's like if the cab's not going to pick him up, yeah, like just go. Like yeah. why are you just? Stop. It was, yeah, it, it, it was a weird thing to bring about the fact that, um, you know, people are racist and his mm-hmm. mom is basically like, you, not you got to get over that, but this shit is going to happen and we are better than that is kind of the attitude. Um, yes, you cannot show them that you are angry. Like yes. you need, it, I think she says it's like we win by winning. Yes. Which yes. to me, it really, it takes, it's like, uh, and everything uh, previously about like the hair and uh, how Lisa was dressed in uh, maybe, let's say, more African garb or African inspired uh, clothing. Yeah, it's a lot of um, mixed like, prints and um, yeah. feels more, um, uh, I think a fashion term that would be used is global. Which okay. I I, uh, I protest because I think you should be pointing out specific cultures, but yes, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, but was and the grandmother uh, dislikes this uh, yes. because I think it's like oh this. Uh, shows to the world that we are others and or shows to American society that we are others that we don't fit in. Yeah. Um, and she uses the example, I think, of like uh, her husband uh, marched at Selma and like never loosened his tie, even though he was like being beaten by police. Yes. Um, that it's like he refused to um, show any sort of like anger or emotion or like really let this get to him. Um, and I think this is like an in- this is definitely an interesting idea. And 
too interesting to be like relegated to like a sea story. <laughs> yes, you know, it's it's, it's a thing. Where too it's too complicated. Like, if if what we're talking about is being black in America is inordinately difficult for a myriad of reasons. And then, different like, perspectives on mm-hmm. blackness in America. You know what I mean? Of yes. a, like a previous generation, uh, yes, an attitude of more versus like yes. what her kids might think. Um, yes. These are things that absolutely should be explored, and it does feel weird that like this is the background to uh, Miranda losing her phone on the beach and then discovering her their their new partner, their new shiny partner is actually married, not who they say they are. Um, yeah. and certainly seems in my mind to uh, outweigh even. Uh, Charlotte's kids are rebelling slash Carrie can't say vagina. Yes. So, Navi, I'm going to even say this is like the inverse thematically of the previous episode, right? If the previous episode, if episode one was about um, uh, phony solutions, mm-hmm. this episode is about very real problems and no solutions. Yes. Right? Where it's just like, oh, well, how do we deal with racism in America? And how do we deal with like my a- authentically black self in a racist society? Uh. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Um, how do we deal with the fact that like my romantic partner is not being honest with me about who they are in their life and seems to downplay? It's like, eh. no clue. It's like, yeah. how do we deal with um, <laughs> this podcast thing? It's like, oh, it just shut down. I guess that no more podcasts. Then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just like, it's like, Meh. Yeah. everybody is just like kind of shrugging the shoulders. And I think saying, right, that it's like the earth is dead. We're just cleaning up a corpse. So it's like. What are you going to do? Anything you do would just be like cleaning up a corpse. You know what I mean? Yes. You could try to do something, but it, ultimately none of this matters, the only- which is very nihilistic <laughs> for a major television show. It's so bleak. It's very bleak. Yeah. The only the, the least bleak storyline is probably Seema, who uh, a little too Samantha here for my liking, but essentially has a blowout with her <laughs> person who does her blowouts, her hairdresser. Yes. Her Which they make that joke. Yes, they, that hairdressers joke essentially made. calls her out for like, eh, your your stands are too high. You always push away people. This is um, why you're single. Yeah, yes. this is why you're single. Seema gets upset about it and then realizes that Zed, which just reminds me of a Zed I know in real life, a very different person from this character. Um, <laughs> the the Zed is basically like, hey, um, I have this business proposition I want to go on, in on you with. And Seema realizes, wait a minute, my gut was correct. My authentic self was correct. This person is not a good fit for me. They just mm-hmm. want money. They're going to mooch. They, I, I need to go. Um, and even though she makes up with her hairdresser and then um, set, you know, admits, like, okay, I overreacted. You know, please fix my hair. I think that there is something about the end of this where, yes, we have Seema, Naya, and Lisa who are all dealing with authenticity issues, right? And even Che, to some degree, is, like, dealing with, like, okay, what does it mean to be me? And then for Carrie, it's like, what does it mean to say vagina? And Charlotte, it's like, what does it mean when my daughter won't wear Chanel? Like, if if the idea is, you know, like you said, uh, real problems, no solutions, to me, the other side of this coin is some people are actually trying to be their authentic selves, and some people are... Um, sliding by and just like that i freed up my entire week like okay yeah. right <laughs> yeah yeah well there is some small bit i think that was very very telling which is lisa is at lunch with um charlotte and she says like i need an afternoon vodka tonic and basically because my mother-in-law is driving me insane and 
She's about to launch into this stuff, and Charlotte essentially cuts her off and literally does not hear her. And it feels yeah. like such a metaphor for, like, Lisa. I have an actual problem with uh, with all of... As a person, you know, like, I'm dealing with a thing in my family right now, and then just, like, on a greater level, I'm dealing with being black in America, and Charlotte is just like, la-da-da-da-da, and, like, does not hear. And it feels... It, yeah. it felt pointed to me. Yeah. I I also got to point out the line, the Emancipation Proclamation means no more head wraps. Very funny. Look, <laughs> very funny. Kudos. Kudos to that writer. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, as far as, oh, and as I, far if as we're talking about lines, I, I also have to point out, uh, Tony Danza had a line that I loved where he said, I've come too far to get canceled now. Yes. <laughs> Which, Which is true. And you know what? I think that's the, like, God, we all have, right? Yes. It's like, Al- that's how we Al- all feel. Yes, exactly. Like, we've struggled too far on this dead planet to be thrown out with the garbage. Any any final predictions for next week's episode? Any predictions? Um, I think... I think we're going to see um, a really fun scene with Tony Danza and Che shooting the show. And I think Tony Danza is going to maybe start to do a little improv a bit. (laughs) And maybe just start to push things more in a a different direction than Che is comfortable with. Um, Uh, I have a prediction that Naya and Seema are going to be at a bar and go for the same man. And mm. that Carrie has collected several J.W. Anderson purses, so she's going to come out with some other kind of bird clutch. <laughs> with her free time, because she no longer uh, has a job. Yes. <laughs> and it's all okay. And, oh, another prediction, I think we will never see Bobby Lee again. Oh. You know, no mention of, oh, now I don't have a job. Um, yeah. No mention of, like, can my wife do more? Um, wardrobe, uh, dress designing stuff for you. Uh, that's it. That's done. Yeah, These characters just, have been discarded. Just gone. And I also predict that Miranda will end up at a very chic lesbian bar in LA with Che and say something that uh, she didn't realize you're not supposed to say anymore. Mm. So I have an offensive moment trying to be her new self. <laughs> Authenticity yeah. is important, guys. Despite the fact that the planet is dead and we are cleaning up a corpse. Cleaning up a corpse. God, it's haunting. This is such a nihilistic <laughs> show, right? It's bleak. It's bleak. It's really bleak. bleak. I love it. I love it. Okay, Nadia, it's been great talking it's with you. It's been great talking uh, with you, Matt. And just like that. And just like that. And just like what? <laughs> and just like that, I'll see you next time. See you is next that it? time. Is that our sign-off? I think maybe it is. <laughs> we freed up our week. <laughs> we did. All right. Bye-bye. 